You're listening to the New Point Community Church Podcast. For more information about New Point or to get involved, visit newpoint.org slash podcast. Have you ever asked the question, is this all there is? You know, maybe you've read the Bible and maybe you've learned a little bit about the church and you look at the church today and, and you wonder, is this all there is? Because you read about people making decisions to follow Christ daily, not in dozens, not in hundreds, but literally in thousands. And you're saying, is this all there is? And what I want to say to you today is, no, there's more. And Jesus wants to do more in your life and in my life. You see, our mission here at New Point is to lead people to realize and reach their full potential in Jesus Christ. And yet if we're not intentional, if we're not thoughtful, if we're not disciplined, we'll never do that. And so what happens is many times people look at the church, and by the way, the church is you and me, or we experience the church, and we say, surely there has to be more. And I want you to know that there is. And I want to talk to you about that because it's very easy for you and I to ask, are the best days behind us? You know, I, I read in the book of Acts of where God did incredible things, unbelievable things. And yet maybe it doesn't seem like he's doing that today. Well, when Jesus laid out how he was going to establish the church, he said it's upon him to lead it and to build it and to develop it. Matthew records it in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, and here's what he says. I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. You know what that says? It implies that, that Christ isn't going to build something that can be closed down. He isn't going to build a facility or a synagogue or have a service that is going to, to die out. No, let me tell you what Jesus was building when he was building the church. He was building ecclesia. He was calling out a group of people who would follow him, who, who, would, who would love him, who would obey him. He was calling out a group of people that would experience koinonia. And what I mean by that is a group of people called out to live a faithful, devoted life to Christ. A, a group of people, a community, if you will, who would be committed to one another, and devoted to one another, as well as Jesus himself. That's his church. Now, I know that there are some of you who have asked me, Dwight, you know, when are we going to, to regather? Are we going to regather? Is that ever going to happen? And I want you to know, absolutely, we're going to regather. But we want to regather at the right time, in the right way, for the right reason. You see, what happens is our church, you and me, we've never closed. We're not closing up, okay? And what we're doing is we're learning what God wants you and I to do and to be during this time. You know, I will tell you, I've learned a lot in this season of COVID-19. And one of the things that I've learned is building and services have a great way of camouflaging the church of Jesus Christ, of what it's supposed to look like and what it's supposed to be and what it's supposed to do. You see, Jesus said, I will build my church, my ecclesia, my koinonia, 
But the fact of the matter is many times we live way below that. Could it be that when we just gather in a large building and we set in rows, that we're more of an illusion of what Jesus wanted than the real thing of what he called you and I to? Are you all okay with that? You see, if you hear this message and you get what I'm talking about, what you're going to say is, is, is you're, gonna, you're, you're gonna be thinking about questions like this. Are we ever gonna meet in a building again? Let me put you at ease. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. But I don't want us to miss out on the opportunity that God has for you and me as his church right now. You see, I've shared with you, and if you didn't hear last week's, I encourage you to, to go and listen to it. You know, opportunities are a, a time of where you and I can achieve something and experience something that maybe we would never, ever be able to do. And so those opportunities have shelf lives. And here's what I believe. If you and I will take advantage of this opportunity, if we'll walk through this open door, I believe that when we do regather, we're going to be stronger and better than we ever have been before. So let me encourage you. Don't focus on reaching back to the past. Okay? Ask yourself, God, how are you challenging me? What are you calling me to do and to be as your church? And I believe that when you and I do that, what happens is we'll experience him in ways that we never have. You see, I, I, I know what can happen in your life and in my life. When God calls us to an opportunity, we can miss it because we might say, well, I'm too busy. I'm too tired. Or we can say, you know what, this just isn't the right time. But what we have to understand is this, opportunities have a shelf life. They come and they go. And so we have to be able to say no to some things so that we can say yes to this opportunity. And what is that opportunity? It's to be the church, ecclesia, koinonia. You see, 2,000 years ago, God was hospitable to you and me. God came to earth to seek and to save that which was lost in the person of Jesus Christ. And that would be you and me. He came to show us what God was like and to be able to create a pathway that you and I could experience forgiveness of sin, that we could experience his spirit living in us. Matter of fact, Jesus would say things like this. If you've seen the Father, you've seen me. And so Jesus came to save us out of a broken world, but he came also to send us back into that broken world and to be to people what he was to us. John, very close friend of Jesus, wrote it like this. Here's what he said. The word, referring to Jesus, became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. He became hospitable, okay? We saw the glory of our own, with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory like father, like son, generous, okay, inside and out, true from the start to the finish. It says here that he moved into the neighborhood. He became a part of our lives. He made space for us. He lived among us, and now he has left his spirit that dwells in every man, every woman, every person who has trusted him as the forgiver of their sins and the leader of their life. And so Jesus came and he moved into the neighborhood. And John continues in his letter, and he writes this, and Jesus is speaking, by the way. He says, in the same way you gave me a mission into the world, he's talking to his father, 
I give them a mission in the world. And what's the mission? To move into our neighborhoods, to be able to be ecclesia, cornonia, to be that peculiar people who represents God and gives people a taste of what God is really like, like Christ did for you and me. Now, there's a man in, in the Bible, his name is Paul, and he caught this. And because he caught this, and he not only caught it, but he lived it out, you and I now know who Jesus Christ is. And here's how he penned it. Luke says of Paul, he says, the most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work the Lord Jesus gave me, the work of telling others, check this out, the good news about God's wonderful kindness, and love. Paul says the most important thing in my life was not to fulfill the American dream or, or not to do this or not to do that or to become well-known. He said the most important thing is that I complete the mission which Jesus Christ has given me, and that is to be the church, ecclesia, and to be koinonia, and to give people a taste of what God is really like. And so he preached this message. He, he taught this. He lived this. And we see it because in his letters to churches throughout Asia and beyond, we, we, we learn of house churches that were there. Look, look at what he says here in, in Romans. He says, he says, Romans 12, 13. Here's what he says. He says, always be eager to practice hospitality. Always be eager. He says, pursue hospitality. And he not only says that in one translation, it says this, be ready. Be ready to invite people into your homes. Be that koinonia. He's saying practice hospitality. And we learned last week that biblical hospitality is what? Making space for someone when you don't have to. See, God didn't have to make space for you and me, but because he loved you and me, he did. He was hospitable to you and me. And now we have that same mission for the people in our neighborhood, in our community, in our world. And so Paul preached this message and he challenged the early church. And that's exactly what they did. And they turned their world upside down. We, we, we see in scripture, the house churches, okay? We see Mary and Lydia and Priscilla and Aquila and, and Philemon, and he goes on and we see uh, Phoebe and, and Chloe and all of these people, they opened up their house. And what happened is this, they turned their world upside down. You know, as I shared with you last week, you know, the first 300 years of Christianity, they did not meet in large buildings. It was only after Constantine made Christianity the religion that they started to gather in large buildings, setting in rows instead of setting in circles. And what happened is it hurt the church because the church became an event instead of a lifestyle. And Paul, okay, Paul got the message and the early church became that ecclesia, a koinonia, and it spread like wildfire. Now, I love leadership and, and I love to build things and I love to lead and I love to grow and develop. And so I like talking to consultants or what you and I would consider maybe experts or, or people who have theories and strategies. 
But you know what I really like? I really like to be able to sit down with somebody who's done it. I can learn from other people who haven't done it and they have theories and they've read about it, but the expert is the one that I want to talk to, the one who has done it and has led it. That's Paul. And throughout history, okay, throughout history, Paul led the church and he led the church from this standpoint. Your ecclesia, you're called out, you're missional, you're koinonia, you're relational, you're committed to other people. And from the beginning, Paul was the one that spread the good news of Jesus around the world, around the world, and he lived it. You know, matter of fact, Paul would say stuff like this, follow me as I follow Christ. Who's Christ? He's the one who said, I will build my church. And so he took his orders, he took his direction from Christ himself, and he was telling other people, follow me, this is how you do it. And he led by example. He led by example because he understood that Jesus came to save us out of a broken world, only to send us back into a broken world to be able to be their hope. Now, Paul gives us a blueprint because this was in his DNA, and he gives us a blueprint for the church, ecclesia, koinonia. He says, this is how you function. If you're going to reach your potential, this is how you're going to function. This is how you're going to experience all that God has for you. And he writes it to the church in Corinth. And Corinth was a, 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 a place that desperately needed to hear the gospel and the claims of Christ. And so he was writing and saying, this is how you are the church. This is how you become ecclesia and koinonia. Here's what he writes. He says, even though I am free from the demands and the expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and to all. He says, I'm free from the expectations of everybody, okay? But I voluntarily become a servant to any and to all. What he is saying is, I invest in people. I invest in people. You see, Paul is saying that he became a bond servant, a bond servant. And a bond servant is someone who willingly lays down their life to serve other people. They're willing to do anything and everything to be able to serve other people. Let me ask you a question today. When was the last time you willingly laid aside your wants, your desires, your needs, and became a willing servant for someone? expecting nothing in return. You see, that's the quickest and that's the fastest way to gain influence. It's the most powerful and strategic way to be able to connect with people. You see, it's more than just hanging out with people. It's being very intentional. And Paul was very intentional. Jesus was very intentional in serving people. And I'm going to become a servant, Paul said, to be able to, to, uh, meet their needs, to be able to earn the right, to be able to speak about a message that they desperately need to hear. You see, you and I have heard this over and over again. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when we do that, what happens is we build a bridge that is strong enough to have the conversations and bear the weight of truth. You see, it's more than just relationships. It's about respect. See, the one who Paul was following, Jesus, said it like this. He said, let me tell you why you are here. Have you ever wondered why you're here? You ever wonder why we haven't had your funeral yet? 
Jesus is going to tell us. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out God's flavor on this earth. Wow, you're here to be salt. He says, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste what Jesus is really like? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. You see, salt, in order to be effective, has to mingle with the substance it's affecting. You see, salt is something that is distinct from substance, from that substance. It mingles in there and it brings out flavor. And if you and I are Christ followers, then you're the salt of the earth. You don't have a choice. You're the salt of the earth. The only question is of whether you're salty or not. And if you've lost your, your, your ability to be salty, then he says you've lost your usefulness. Now, you know, one of the things you know about our family is we love chocolate chip cookies. We just love chocolate chip cookies. And Patty has taught us all how to make chocolate chip cookies. Well, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I won't give their name, but one of us was uh, making chocolate chip cookies. And we had all the ingredients in it, all the ingredients, except we forgot to put in a teaspoon of salt. And you know what? It wasn't very long until people were eating these cookies. And they were kind, okay? But they said, something's missing here. And what we learned was it was the salt. Had all the other ingredients. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Hey, friend. You can have a lot of good ingredients in your life. But if you're missing salt, guess what? You're not going to make other people thirsty. For God. Say, so you can be a churchgoer. You can do a lot of good things. But the fact of the matter is, if you're missing salt, you've lost your usefulness. You see, salt in the Greek days was, was, was divine. They would say this of a soldier, that he was worth his salt. Salt, it was something that was valuable. It was something that was important. It was something that, that preserved things. And that's what you and I are called to do. And so Paul was saying that we become servants to other people. We invest in other people. And when we do that, we become salt and we create a thirst that makes people want to drink. And drink what? The living water, Jesus Christ. Now Paul goes on, okay? And Paul says not only that, that you and I are to invest in other people, but he goes on and here's what he says. He says, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose living, immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. He's saying, you know what? I not only invest in people, I value all people. I value all people. That's what he's saying. He gave us a whole list of different types of people that other people would push aside, that other people would not make space for, that other people would not be hospitable towards. And yet he says, you know what? I value all people. Why? Because God values all people. Because we're all made in the image of God. We all have intrinsic value. You see, when we're like Jesus, we value all people. We love all people. In the church, there is no place for racism. There's no place for prejudice. 
We're all created in his image. And Paul said that he had a desire to connect with people more than correct people. And when you and I have a desire to connect with people more than correct people, we will value them. You see, it's like God with us. God accepts you and I. He loves you and I. And that's how he works in your life and in my life. There's power in accepting. Matter of fact, the people who have the most influence in your life today are the people that you feel who value you the most. They accept you the most. And Paul would say, we are called to, to uh, invest in people and value people. And then he goes on of, of how you and I can be the church. He says, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. That's what a servant does. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. He says, you know what? I've become everything I can to be able to, to lead them into a God-saved life. Why? Because everybody spends forever somewhere. Paul caught this, and he knew that he was to be the church, ecclesia and koinonia, and it was him that God was going to use to be able to help people. He went on to say this. He says, I did all of this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Can I, can I be honest with you today? Most of us just want to talk about it. We don't want to be in on it. And so we become religious and we lose our saltiness. See, Paul was saying, you need to invite people. You need to invite people. If you and I are going to be Ecclesia, if we're going to be Koinonia, if we're going to be the church that Jesus is building, we need to invest in people, we need to value all people, and we need to invite people. Have you ever felt so strongly about something that you had to be in on it? You just said, you know what? I've got to be in on this. That's how Paul was, was feeling about leading people into this God-saved life. He didn't simply want to be a part of something. He had to be involved in it. He wanted to be right in the middle of the action. He wanted to be helping a wide range of people get connected with Christ and to see their lives change forever and ever. Paul was taking his cues from Jesus because he said, follow me as I follow Christ. And no doubt he heard these words from Jesus where Matthew records, you're here to be light bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I made you light bearers, don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? You're not going to think that I'm going to hide you under a bucket, are you? No, I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, Shine, shine, and listen, here's how he says you shine. You ready for this? Keep open house. Be hospitable. You'll prompt people to open up, okay? You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. By opening up to others, you'll prompt, okay, people to open up to God. And so what he says here is that you and I are, are to be ecclesia, Cornelia. We're to be salt. We're to be light. 
We're to be set on a hill. We're to open up our house. We're to keep the doors open. And that's what I'm calling each and, of us, each and every one of us here at New Point to do in this season. I'm calling us to open up our homes. New Point at home. You say, what is that? Well, let me help you with it again, okay? It's an in-person gathering with other people where you live to participate in New Point services by connecting with God and others through an engaging experience and conversation. Wow. Now, as you hear me, you might be saying, well, when are we going to meet again? And if that's your question, you're, you're missing what I'm asking you to be and to do. I'm asking you and I to be the church, not a building. I'm asking you and I to be hospitable the way in which Christ was to you and me. I'm asking you to open up your home so that other people will be open to God and to be able to experience his life. And so you say, Dwight, how can I do it? Well, I want you to text, okay, the word home to 330-915-3811. Now it's important to know that when you text this number, you're not signing up for anything, okay? All we wanna do is have a conversation and explain to you what this literally means and how we can help you succeed in, in ministering and influencing your family and friends for Christ. You'll receive a welcome text informing you that you will hear from somebody regarding New Point at home. That's all, that's all. Now, William James said it like this, and this is so important. This is what I wanna drive home. The best use of a life is to spend it for something that outlasts it. Listen, there's not a greater investment that you and I can make than in people. That's what Jesus Christ died for. He died for people. Everybody's going to spend forever somewhere. And the truth is only what you and I do for the kingdom of God is going to last. Everything else will eventually vanish. And so why would you give your life to anything else other than this. This is the highest priority that you and I can do. And when you and I do it, guess what? You begin to experience every good thing that you have in Christ. I go back to Paul. Paul said it like this. He said, my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus Christ, the work of telling others the good news of God's wonderful kindness and love. He said, this is why I am alive. And he's saying, if you and I fail in our mission, we've wasted the life that God gave us because we're here to be salt. We're here to be light. We're here to be ecclesia, koinonia. And so I wanna encourage you to do that. Not to live for yourself, but to live for others, to live for God. Now, I, I wanna close with a scripture, and Matthew records it. And it's really uh, God inviting you and I to participate in what he did when he was here in the person of Christ. Matthew says it like this, Jesus went through all the villages and towns, teaching them in synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He didn't just feel sorry for them. Compassion means that he rolled up his sleeves and did something about it. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. 
He said, you know what? The people are, are, are experiencing a sense of hopelessness and helplessness. They don't know where to turn. And he says this. He says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. That's what I'm doing today. I'm challenging you, those of us who know Jesus Christ as the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our life, to be ecclesia, koinonia, to be able to be the church, to be able to be who Jesus Christ called you and I to be. Listen, the only way that we're going to have any opportunity of changing the world is going to be the church. The local church is the hope of the world, living and teaching the truth of Jesus Christ. That's the only way. It's not going to be political. It's not going to be rewriting the laws. Nothing wrong with either one of those, but those aren't the answer. It's the transformation of a man's heart, a woman's heart, and that can only happen through Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades. Darkness will not be able to stand against it if we're ecclesia and koinonia. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to open up your homes. I'm going to ask you to develop a list of people that you could begin to invite. You know what? Our, our online experience we're tweaking it. We're making some changes. It's going to be very engaging. And, and, and it's going to be able to speak to the needs of the people that you work with, that you live with, that you love. And so text this, home, just text the word home to 330-915-3811. And let's be the church. Let's blow people away with our hospitality, with our generosity, with our kindness, with our, our, our vulnerability and with our message. And you know what they'll begin to do? They'll begin to ask why we believe the way that we believe. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you that you led the example of what it meant to be the church. You came and you were hospitable. You opened up your life to us so that we could open up our life to you. And you now are calling us, as you did Paul, to be able to invest in people and value people and then invite people to this incredible relationship that we can have with you, knowing that our sins are forgiven, knowing that we have eternal life, knowing that we can live life and life to the fullest. So I pray, God, that we would just say yes and we would trust you and we would no longer say is this all there is? But we would be able to say, wow, I never knew I could experience this. I never knew that I could live this kind of life of being a, a vessel or an instrument in helping people experience the love of God. And so thank you, Jesus, for making us who we are and making us better at life. And it's in your name we pray and we give thanks. Amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org slash podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media, and don't forget to subscribe through iTunes. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.